Hey everybody, it's Matt Hardman here with another episode of the Race Nerd Podcast. Right here on CKCC Radio, the home of the plethora of programming. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been able to say that. It's been about six weeks, so I've missed about six episodes of work to get caught up on here. Um, as always, as I said before, the show's a proud member of CKCC Radio. Um, and uh, I normally don't do commercials, but I do for... For the for the for the radio community, uh, CKCC Radio now has a Red Bubble page where you can buy all your um, CKCC Radio stuff, your um, Nerd Table stuff. Their big show over there. Uh, it's the biggest show on the network. Uh, you can buy all sorts of gear. You can buy. I believe they now have cups and blankets. So if you wanted a uh, a nerd table blanket featuring their logo with um, with the host Dan, Chris, and Eric on it, you could actually get one and go to sleep with Dan Peck or Eric Flores or Chris. You know, hey, who am I to judge? But they got they got lots of great T-shirts with uh, with some slogans from uh, many of the shows. Uh, my favorite right now is a T-shirt that says, "My vocabulary is not family friendly." Now I can definitely think of about four or five people, including myself, who should wear that as a disclaimer each and every day. Uh, but check out CKCC Radio. Just uh, Go up to the search bar on Redbubble, type in CKCC Radio, and it'll bring you everything and anything that you need to find. There is even CKCC video uh, stuff on there. Um, so definitely check that out. Every purchase helps the um, helps um, fund CKCC Radio, keeps it free. Uh, ad-free and everything else uh, so you're helping out the network by doing that you know nobody's really making anybody off this it just keeps the network going so anything and everything that you can purchase on there uh, is appreciated also should account uh, patreon CKCC radio on patreon you know for as little as five dollars a month you could actually get bonus content. Content we can't share on CKCC Radio. You also get bonus shows like On the Road with the Race Nerd, which is just me in the mobile studio talking about other things besides racing. Um, you get bonus nerd tables. You get uh, unlocked VIP uh, wrestling shows with Chris and Eric where they watch old pay-per-views or old uh, wrestling TVs and, you know, give their thoughts and opinions on it. Uh, so, I mean, it's, there's a lot on there. Jeff Trelowitz even has special episodes of his... I think he's up to, like, four shows now on the network. Jeff Trelowitz is a busy man and a noted author on, uh, on Amazon, so definitely check him out. But there's so much that you can get for as little as $5 a month. Uh, so definitely check it out. 
now that I said all that, now it's time for me to get to my shit. Uh, we've got, like, like I said, five weeks to get caught up on, and, um, to be honest, I'm not gonna go through everything, you know, the news and the results and everything the hell else, um, with that five weeks because there's just so much to go over. Um, and uh, I really don't want to, like, waste, you know, you know, have, like, just what's basically wasted time when I could be discussing the important things. Um, and the first important thing is the fact that come August, we will be seeing Dale Jr., in a late model, something he has not raced in 25 years. Uh, racing at North Wilkesboro in the Cars Series, uh, what used to be the old Hooters Cup Series. It's gone through a couple of different incarnations since then. Um, but he will be racing there, and one of his own uh, Junior Motorsports late models uh, with... Um, teammate, oh, sorry, uh, teammate, uh, Carson Kloppel. Now, if the last name Kloppel sounds familiar, it's because Carson is the son of Travis Kloppel, uh, former Cup Series driver and Truck Series champion. Uh, Carson and Junior will be teammates for the late bottle race in August at North Wilkesboro. Um, this is a big boost. I mean, if people weren't already, you know, Katie bar the door when it comes to racing coming back to North Wilkesboro, uh, this just kind of, like, completely tore the door off. And, um, I know everybody's looking forward to this. He made this announcement on a live episode of the Dale Jr. Download when they were in Nashville. Um, so... There is, uh, there is all that, and, um, it, it's been exciting, it, it's been, it's been exciting, it was big news, because, uh, like I said, Junior hasn't run a late model, and, and just the fact that Junior being at North Wilkesboro, he said he's gonna be there for all the events, you know, but he'll be racing in that one, who knows, he may decide to throw his hat in the ring race at the, uh, when they tear the track up in the dirt in October, you never know. He's already run his one Xfinity Series race that he that he runs a year, um, so this is like an added bonus for anybody who wants to see Dale Jr. race again. Uh, so I, I highly suggest if you're in the North Wilkesboro area, which I don't know how many of you are, uh, that this is something you're going to want tickets for if they're not already sold out. I'm sure they're already sold out, if not close to sold out uh, at this point, but uh, yeah. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, also, um, speaking of North Wilkesboro, uh, Bruton Smith, the um, the head of SMI, uh, Speedway Motorsports Incorporated, and um, founder of Charlotte Motor Speedway, uh, passed away at the age of 92. Uh, Bruton, who was very instrumental in bringing NASCAR uh, bringing a, a full-blown NASCAR track to um, to the Queen City, 
uh, the home of NAS uh, pretty much all the teams going back to the infancy of the sport uh, was a visionary. Uh, Bruton, who started off as a, a race promoter, worked his way worked his way up before uh, building uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway and uh, starting uh, SMI. Uh, SMI would later go on to purchase tracks like Bristol and Sonoma, uh, Atlanta, New Hampshire, and build tracks like um, Texas and Las Vegas, uh, adding many amenities to these tracks that he would buy. Uh, one track that he would buy, though, that would cause a lot of controversy would be North Wilkesboro, ironically. Funny, we were just talking about it. Uh, Bruton, along with Bob Bear, the former owner of uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway, they would buy... They would buy... Uh, equally into North Wilkesboro, basically buy the track just for the dates. Not for the track itself, but for the dates. Uh, moving North Wilkesboro Spring Race to Bruton's new uh, facility in uh, Texas. And bringing uh, Bear the, uh, the second date to his New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Uh, caused a lot of backlash from a lot of fans, a lot of longtime fans moving racing out of North Wilkesboro, where it was popular. Uh, the only problem was North Wilkesboro wasn't as centrally located as some of these places, like uh, with Texas. Uh, he built this brand new track. NASCAR wouldn't give him a date. Uh, and this would be the first kind of NASCAR racing uh, since... Uh, the series pulled out of Texas World Motor Speed, uh, Texas World Speedway, in the 80s. Um, and with North and with uh, New Hampshire, it would be New Hampshire. It would be their only home for uh, NASCAR racing uh, in New England, uh, which is which at the time the track was built was a hotbed of talent. Um, you had the Mike Stefanik, Ted Christopher, uh, Ricky Craven, uh, Bobby and Beaver Dragon. And yes, that's his, that's his name, Beaver Dragon. Actually, I think his name was Herman. They just all called him Beaver. Uh, Stump Fat. Uh, these were these were short track legends, both in the modified series and in uh, NASCAR's Northern Touring series uh, in the '80s and '90s. You know, uh, obviously Mike Stefanik's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Ricky Craven probably you know was a longtime competitor in the sport and probably most famous for his. Uh, 2003 uh, finish at Darlington, which is, which is still played to this day. That, that finish between him and Kurt Busch, and obviously the respect between the two of them both then and now uh, certainly is something. But uh, they would move these, 
these tracks to these areas as Bert Bruton uh, always had a vision. Uh, he was certainly a visionary, bringing NASCAR to places where it, it would, did not already have a foothold. Uh, and not just that, but also um, making these amenities. Uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway was the first track, big track to put in lights for their 1992 Winston uh, All-Star event. Uh, a trend which started, you know, putting in lights at many tracks. Uh, who can picture the uh, the Coke 600 now run during the day? I know way back when, when I was younger, it was run during the day. But for many years, it was run at many years lately. It's been run at night. Uh, so many, so many different amenities. Uh, Bruton was the... Uh, condominiums was the first track to have condominiums at the track uh, now these condominiums are I think a minimum of a quarter of a million dollars a piece for these smaller condos that overlook the speedway um, he started PRN which is the performance racing network which is um, I don't want to use the term sister uh, station to um, to uh, NASCAR's Motorsports Network, but um, they kind of um, go hand-in-hand. Hand. PRN uh, would broadcast uh, many, uh, would broadcast events at the SMI tracks while um, MRN would uh, broadcast other tracks on the circuit, all except for Indianapolis, which is its own um, radio station affiliate network. Uh, so, uh, you would have all this. And while, at times, Bruton and the French family, uh, the, the heads of the sport of NASCAR, we, we could be at odds, you know, obviously we see how they got, um, their dates for Texas and all, uh, but, you know, they, they all had the common goal of expanding the sport. Uh, if there was a term frenemies, it would be SMI and um, NASCAR. They were definitely frenemies, but they had the same goal in mind. To advance the sport and to advance the fan experience. I've never heard a negative experience, um, and I've been to many of races that on a place that Bruton Smith has owned. I've been to Charlotte. I've been to Bristol more times than I can count, uh, and all of those are great experiences. Uh, so, uh, Bruton Smith and SMI were obviously doing something right, and uh, a lot. Even though the name may not sound familiar to the casual fan, I, I think that if you think about it, every fan um, who has followed NASCAR or even IndyCar, because they have run some at IndyCar, IndyCar races at Root Smith uh, own tracks, whether it's Las Vegas uh, or Charlotte or most notably Texas, they own some kind of debt of gratitude um, to Bruton Smith and SMI uh, for, you know, these events. Um, 
and the experiences that go along with them. Uh, obviously, they don't run Las Vegas or Charlotte anymore, and jury's still out whether IndyCar will return to Texas without Eddie Gossage there, um, but I think that they, uh, they certainly have uh, put, put the footing for oval racing uh, in IndyCar in good hands uh, with the SMI tracks. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, we don't, we don't do uh, racing at Las Vegas and Charlotte due to the tragedies that happened, but that was not the fault of the track itself. Those are just very horrific events. I said about those the better. Um, so that is Brute Smith and moving on to something a little less depressing has been the surprise of Trackhouse Racing. Obviously Trackhouse Racing, um, a, a new team in the sport. I will say new team because last year they came on uh, with Daniel Suarez. They were brand new out of the box. And, and they were okay. They were okay for a new team. Uh, a lot of the focus uh, on these new teams coming into the sport with charters, a lot of that was focused on uh, 2311, the Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin-owned team. Uh, people were kind of overlooking this, uh, this team that's owned by Justin Marks and... Uh, and Pitbull, uh, the musician, because um, they were doing things a little differently. They they weren't based out of the Charlotte area. They're based out of Nashville, um, doing a lot of outside the the box sponsorships and whatnot. And then at the end of last year, they would purchase the assets of Chip Ganassi Racing. Now Justin and Mark have had a. Uh, an affiliation in the past with Justin actually as a driver driving many races for uh, Chip and actually winning one uh, I believe it was Mid-Ohio that he won at uh, a road course of course uh, but Justin who had many different business ventures uh, both during his time racing and after racing with decided to start this team and give um, other uh, racing uh, forms a shot. Now, with that said, you know, reason Daniel Suarez last year. This year, uh, starts the second team when he gets the charter for Chip Ganassi. Uh, brings over Ross Chastain and Chastain, who had won at Circuit the Americas for his first win. We were all surprised surprised by that then again with um, Talladega where he picks up his second win of the season but we're not done there as Daniel Suarez their other driver a guy who's been overlooked in his career and and I will say I'm not a hundred percent a Daniel wasn't a hundred percent sold on Daniel Suarez uh, obviously he does have an Xfinity championship uh, running for um, Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, he moved up the ladder when Carl Edwards retired, depending on which conspiracy theorists. Uh, some people say that uh, 
he was forced out of that ride, you know, Carl, I, I, I don't know at this point, you know, by the sponsor who wanted Suarez in that car. But uh, he, he would run for Gibbs before being let go for, uh, for Martin Truex Jr. Um, after Furniture Row Racing folded. Uh, would bounce around, would find himself running uh, a year at Stuart Haas Racing. And really did not have the best season because Stuart Haas was it was a four-car team, but it was basically Kevin Harvick and Cliff Boyer and two other guys, um, Eric Amarola and, and um, Suarez, kind of holding down the seats in the other two rides uh, before really bouncing around until he found his footing at. Track house. Anyway, a lot of patience, and this new car would really see what Trackhouse could do, and and it was repaid at Sonoma with Daniel Suarez picking up his first career win, uh, the third win for Trackhouse, which is more than what Stuart Haas has, which is more than you know twenty three eleven has this year. The team that came into the sport with them. Uh, and some of the other big teams like Richard Childress, now Roush Fenway Keselowski. Uh, so many of these teams that have come in or longtime stalwarts of the, store, the sport and have actually been at the pinnacle. Um, they, they've, Trackhouse has picked up many, many uh, wins and run better than a lot of these teams, you know, whether it's the car tomorrow or just having the parts and pieces right. Um, car tomorrow, I mean the next-gen car. I try to block out the car tomorrow. Uh, for those of you who have been longtime fans, you know exactly um, what the car tomorrow was and why it was horrible and was just a, a time and place in NASCAR I really wish I could forget. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, Trackhouse has been a really big surprise, and it's no surprise that people are actually putting Ross Chastain as a possible threat to this championship. Uh, so, that, that's been a really big thing. Um, obviously, Trackhouse has more surprises lined up. As at Watkins Glen, they will be running a third car um, in August or September, I forget when Watkins Glen is this year, uh, running a third car with their Project 91, their um, their effort, which will see many international drivers uh, step in to get their foot in the door uh, in NASCAR. Uh, right now, what's announced is former F1 series legend Kimi Rakkonen will be competing in that car, and this is this will be Kimi's second foray in the NASCAR. Um, obviously, he competed. He ran a, a race at Charlotte with um, Kyle Busch Motorsports in the truck series, so um, seeing Kimi on that big stage, and this, we were talking about Bruton Smith kind of expanding the sport. This could really expand it into these national markets. 
um, much like Juan Pablo Montoya, a former Indy 500 winner and F1 winner, you know, coming over to NASCAR, brought a lot of international eyes over. Uh, so we have all that, um, you know, and another name, which has actually been mentioned, which kind of segues into the next segment is Helio Castro Neves. As Helio, the four-time Indy 500 winner, uh, would kind of kick off the beginning of the SRX season with a win at Five Flag Speedway, a race that he initially did not have on his schedule. Uh, Helio, who is doing part-time while running uh, full-time for uh, Meyer Shank Racing in the IndyCar series, uh, Helio becomes the the first winner in the series and mind you he's only running part-time in it it's a six race schedule um the races five flag speedway then south boston speedway uh try to think where else um The only return track on the schedule, I believe, is Stafford Speedway, which is the third race, which is this weekend. Actually, tonight, as of my recording. And uh, so this is going to be huge. Um, but Helio was promised a ride by uh, SRX Series uh, CEO Don Hawk, the longtime managing uh, uh Manager of Dale Earnhardt and a uh, longtime uh, key figure in the sport behind the scenes um, has become the CEO of the Ray Irvingham Tony Stewart uh, joint um, produced series. It uh, this is pretty big as Helio said he wants to run NASCAR. He's wanted to run NASCAR for quite a while, but was unable to while running for um, Roger Penske for so many years. Uh, Roger found it that, you know, Haley was better suited for IndyCar and the uh, IMSA series, but now that Helio is running for this Meyer Shank racing, that the opportunities are open, and Don Hawk is looking to fight him a ride. Hey, maybe in that 91 car that we were just talking about for Trackhouse. Ah... Uh, but getting to the SRX series, um, like I said, it's in his second season. Um, they're running there. They will be running at New Sharon Speedway uh, for the series for the season finale. Um, they're running, like I said, Five Flag Speedway, home of the Snowball Derby, South Boston Speedway, where a lot, a lot of NASCAR legends raced. It's the home of the Burton Brothers. Uh, Jeff Burton, multi-time NASCAR winner and CBS, uh, NBC uh, racing analyst. And his brother Ward, the 2002 Daytona 500 winner, and probably one of the more unlikely winners in that series, uh, gave Dodge their first uh, Daytona 500 win after um, their return to the sport in 2001. Um, so, you know... Then they move on to Stafford Speedway here in, well, here in New England, at, in Connecticut. 
then I believe they still have Nashville Fairgrounds. They Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway next weekend. Then they move on to the ter two dirt races. The first at I-44 Speedway um, in Missouri, which is owned by uh, Ken Trader, longtime NASCAR racer, and uh, a man who's still racing. And he's Ken. Ken's in his 60s at this point. Um, God bless him. I've met Ken Trader a couple of times. Really awesome guy. Uh, and uh, they they winded up at Sharon Speedway, which is owned by the Blaney family. Uh, Dave Blaney and his brother Dale, I believe, own it. Uh, and you may have heard Dave's son, Ryan Blaney, YRB, uh, one of the one of the top stars on NASCAR's Cup Series circuit. So, you know, we have all that, and they've been putting on some amazing races the last two weeks. Um, Helio, I will say, he, he had to work for his win with uh, local track legend Bubba Pollard, multi-time Snowball Derby winner, almost taking the win away. <coughs> uh, he cut down a tire in the race, but make his way through, and end up with a podium, which is kind of amazing. Uh, so, I have i don't know who the rest of the ringers are for the rest of the season. I do know that Haley Deegan will be returning uh, at Stafford, and um, I know two-time IndyCar Series champion Joseph Newgarden will be competing at track in his hometown, competing at the fairgrounds, uh, as he's from Nashville, Tennessee. With a name like Joseph Newgarden, you certainly hope uh, that he would be competing. <laughs> you know, you, do, you don't think that's a, that's a Nashville-sounding name, but that will that is. Uh, so that's all that. You know, we're heading into, like, a really good stretch of racing as uh, NASCAR competes at Road America this weekend. Uh, and uh, IndyCar will compete at Mid-Ohio, and then I believe next, the end of the month, they'll, they'll share the same track as IndyCar and NASCAR will both compete on the same weekend at the road course at Indianapolis, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, I love when they do these joint things, you know, IndyCar will compete on one day, NASCAR will compete on another, um, because you're getting both blends of racing fans, uh, IndyCar fans, you know, that may stay for the NASCAR race, or NASCAR fans that have, you know, want to check out an IndyCar race. Um, while they're two discerning types of fans, I think that this is a great mesh, and I'm hoping that, you know, NASCAR and IndyCar do more things like this, because uh, the only thing it could do is really help grow motorsports not just one or the other but grow motorsports in general so i'm excited for that um and uh, i'm i'm excited as we're getting towards the halfway part of the season uh, i'm gonna kind of give my um my my halfway mark grades coming up uh very soon as i'm trying to get back onto a regular recording schedule um so with that said, I am Matt Hardman, and this is the Race Nerd Podcast. 
Uh, keep an eye out during the week. We may actually have, I've got some ideas on some, on maybe a special or two. Maybe I'll do the, you know, the, uh, the mid-season grades and may have another surprise for you. But I can't say anything now because it, it's still in the formative plans. But I, if we get it done, we'll get it done over the next week or so. And then sit and be able to record it. Uh, so with that said, I'm Matt Hardman. This is the Race Nerd Podcast. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad you all are tuning in. And I will see you at the track. Till next time.